plastic, a friend and an enemy. Like in the current pandemic, we use plastic a lot for hygienic purposes. It's nice because plastic is cheap to make, it's easy to make, and then we can also easily just throw it away. And that's also the problem actually, because now our world is full of plastics. So for this reason, Maria Murcia Valderrama is today with us. She's a PhD student in polymer chemistry and doing research especially about bio-based plastics and biodegradable plastics. Maria, welcome. Hi, thanks for inviting me. Yes, welcome. Really nice to have you here. Um, so actually, um, you're from uh, Colombia, that's where you grew up. Yes. Um, I'm wondering, uh, did you uh, start doing research about bioplastics because you wanted to solve this plastic problem? Or was it uh, firstly that you were interested in chemistry and then ended up in doing research about bioplastics? Yeah, so um, indeed I grew up in Colombia and uh, I actually studied chemical engineering. And uh, where I studied, it was very focused on the petrochemical industry. So uh, for five years, I was mostly learning about how to go and work into oil and oil products. And uh, I did learn a lot about it. And um, towards the end of my studies, I realized I did not want to be part of that industry. And I just realized I didn't want to work there. Um, so I had some courses on materials and I thought it was very interesting and also so close to us that I felt would be nice to do something more on that side. Um, and then I had the chance to, to do a master's on uh, material science and engineering and that's where um, from learning from different materials I realized in plastics I could use a lot that uh, I learned from chemical engineering but um, focusing on uh, what I wanted to do which was to produce uh, materials that would be uh, useful for all of us, that we can use in our daily lives, but um, that when you produce them, when you bring something new, you're actually contributing and not bringing more materials that are going to be uh, contributing to plastic pollution, for instance. So um, so that's how I ended up working with plastics. Um, and I was very lucky because I, I could do an internship that dealt with um, bio-based plastics and that's where I learned a lot about it. Um, I did this internship in France and then I, I learned um, about the different applications, about what has been done so far with those plastics and I realized that, that in Europe there is a lot going on with the plastic industry in both ways, both in uh, the common plastics we know nowadays but also a lot of research and a lot going on in developing uh, alternative options. So I thought it was a very nice way to go and uh, a way that I could apply all these things I've learned, but uh, in something that makes me feel um, that I'm actually contributing to something with, with what I'm doing daily. And um, yeah, and so I found this uh, opportunity to do a PhD here. And when I saw the topic, I was immediately just uh, telling to myself, I do see myself working for four years doing this. And I see myself doing this for the rest of my career. So uh, yeah, I, I ended up here. Um, it also made me very interested to work in Amsterdam because I knew that in the Netherlands there are lots of industries working in research and development of new materials. Um, lots more of, um, let's say, awareness from people. 
um, and that's some, something I also liked in uh, consume the 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 way consumers think here is also changing a lot and I thought all of these factors uh, make it really interesting to work there yeah so yes that's how I ended up here yes <laughs> and uh, yeah as you mentioned there has already been a lot of research going on about plastic and also bioplastic um, biodegradable plastic already exists actually so what is it that you're doing research about what should um, what can we improve about bioplastic Yeah, so indeed there are plastics out there that claim to be biodegradable. Um, and, and to talk more about it, we need to know what is it actually to be biodegradable, because it cannot be confused with just degradable. Um, so when you say something is biodegradable, with the strict definition, it's something that can be breaking down by um, microorganisms, either in soil, in um, the human body in uh, any medium, but by microorganisms. And it can be uh, decomposed into CO2, into water and uh, biomass. So uh, completely decomposed without harming, without uh, having a toxic effect for the environment where it is decomposed. Um, it is different than if you have a plastic that uh, degrades because of um, light, that it starts fragmenting because of light or um, that it starts fragmenting because, uh, I don't know, um, any other um, source that is not related to microorganisms. Water? Is that also... Yeah, it's not so, mi yeah, yeah. so that it degrades because of the action of... Uh, it, it starts with uh, water, mm -hmm. uh, which is called the hydrolysis. So, um, so first, there are plastics that claim to be biodegradable. That's one thing. Then uh, we have to look into, are they really biodegradable? Because there has been, the, uh, we've had numerous cases in the past in different countries where they, they say this plastic is biodegradable, but they have studied this plastic in uh, a few years and they've realized that they don't actually degrade, as mm -hmm. they say. Um, you also have to see under which uh, environment are they claiming to be degraded because uh, it's different the composition of soil in different places so uh, uh, there's also an effect on temperature if the temperature is higher or lower um, how much oxygen you have so there are different factors and we have found that uh, actually from these degradable plastics out there that are not necessarily, as they say, degradable. And sometimes they can even be more, harm, more harmful for the environment because um, I remember they had this uh, problem in some countries. They released some plastic which they said was degradable, uh, but it was actually also degradable. So with light, with, with the action of oxygen throughout time, it would degrade according to them. But it was actually just fragmenting in tiny pieces. Mm. So they were making plastic bags with that it was fragmenting and then you have uh, microplastics and that's even a worse source of contamination for water, for soil. Um, so um, there is this need for better plastics but there is also a lot of uh, miscommunication in that regard and some people think that some plastics are degradable um, when they are really not when they're tested. So. Um, we are trying to make plastics or we are doing research on plastics that first we want to confirm that they are indeed biodegradable but we also want to confirm uh, how do they degrade what kind of microorganisms do that and how long does it take and uh, we also want to see if um, this is something that another student is doing in our research group 
she also checks what's actually the effect on these um, these uh, environments where the plastic degrade uh, and when you have all of that then i think you can say that you have a biodegradable plastic and you can actually place it i don't know in the future as being used for something uh, there is the need for these uh, materials but that are truly going through all these stages and i think at the moment we don't really have uh, many of these materials um, we do have plastics at the moment that are compostable and that's uh, what's the difference with the degradable yeah exactly that that's something very important because uh, we have nowadays way more compostable actually that's more common to find um, so for a, a plastic to be compostable it means that it can be that it can degrade uh, most of it or that there is there are some standards that say a percentage so that can degrade uh, under composting conditions um, and composting conditions are high temperatures i think it's between 55 or 60 degrees yeah uh, it's the same as what we do when we throw uh, like uh, the leaves uh, in our bin like then you can also make compost out of it Is yes, like that? but that would be home composting. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, that that's very important that you mentioned that because there are actually uh, nowadays there are two types of uh, compostable plastics they're selling. You have uh, some that are, uh, let's say, suitable for industrial composting, mm -hmm. um, and the second one would be for home composting. So, what I was mentioning earlier is for for. Um, industrial composting so this means that plastics can degrade under composting conditions which require high temperatures high humidity oxygen um, and the, in some of these standards it also says that they cannot um, let's say release any toxic substances to the to the soil and um, they are compostable because when they degrade they actually can be beneficial for soil they can give nu nutrients well with this degradation Um, this is uh, industrial composting. When you would throw away your um, plastic bag that says compostable in the bin, you have to make sure it says home compost composting because you have very different conditions in your bin. You have temperature that it's, it can fluctuate when it's summer or winter. Uh, you don't have light because you close it. Um, you have a very variable environment according to the type of waste you have. Um, so actually, there are, it's way harder for plastic to, to decompose there. But I know there are some cases where it says home composting and you can do it there. Um, but then you really have to check which of the two you're dealing with. And if you see that it says only composting, then it is certainly uh, not home composting. So this means you have to take it to a facility where they do industrial composting, where they actually use all these conditions to degrade it. Magnetic lights in the blue haze Magnifying glass upon my face It's so high I've been melting out here I'm made out of plastic out here You touch down in the face of my fears Houston, can, can, can you hear? And we both had to harness our pain Close it and 
Yes, you are my lantern. Shy like house around my ears. The more you speak, the more I see. The more your light grows upon me, and the more it grows. The closer I think you are, the closer I think you are to sing me home. But if you don't like what you see, silhouettes inside a dream. What actually actually is the difference with the yeah degradable plastic we mentioned earlier mm -hmm. and the composting? Yeah, so um, I will give a um, let's say a very clear example. I don't know if you are familiar with PLA. So so mm -hmm. PLA is a plastic called polylactic acid. I think it's um, when we talk nowadays about bio-based plastics, it's one of the most popular plastics out there um, because it has been uh, already for so many years uh, under development and now they sell many items um, I know in, even at the University of Amsterdam in the um, restaurant they give you beverages in PLA cups for instance and it says they're compostable um, for some time um, people were thinking that PLA was degradable but if you put PLA just in soil, if you throw it away, or in your bin, you can go check in a year and it will still be there. Um, but PLA is bio-based. Um, now, the, uh, what happens when you put PLA in an industrial composting facility? So if you increase the temperature, if you put, um, um, if you add some 
humidity to that uh, soil, if you have uh, the microorganisms there, all the conditions for industrial composting, then you can degrade PLA within certain time. So PLA is actually compostable, not degradable. If you would have a material like, um, there are some materials derived from starch uh, that can just completely decompose, um, they could be biodegradable, let's say for the, by the action of microorganisms, but they can also have additives, they can have um, ca uh, well, catalysts, they can have all these um, ingredients you have to add to make the plastic that while the plastic degrade will end up in soil. And then we can say, yeah, they biodegrade, but we cannot use them for composting because we don't know what's if the effect of these additives is going to be negative for soil. So that's why if you go in and look up what are they actually selling nowadays, you will find that in most cases you get things that are compostable. That's, that's the sign you will see, the logo you will see, because, um, yeah, of course, that way at least you can... Uh, control in a way where this is going to degrade. So I think that's um, that's very important to to understand the difference. And also, it means that um, when it's compostable, uh, when it's composed, it only um, falls in two parts that are also there in nature, not the additives you mentioned that yeah. might be harmful for nature. Yeah, so so when it's compostable, it's because they already did a, a very, uh, let's say, rigorous study. Actually, for something to be sold as compostable, uh, when you see there has uh, a logo there that says compostable, it means that it went through a series of... Um, like a checklist from the European Union that says, okay, you're saying your material is compostable. Well, let's see. They they go, they study it, and they see, okay, does it degrade in certain time under these conditions? Does it release any toxic substances? Does it have any negative effect? They do all through all go through all this a negative checklist. Um, does it degrade into CO2? water and uh, biomass and by biomass we're talking um, let's say um, into the initial ingredients you used to make this plastic yes that happens and what are these initial ingredients doing to, to the soil are they affecting it or not and when they can say no it doesn't have any negative effect then they can say okay then we can sell your product as compostable so when you're buying this it's important that you not only think oh I bought a this product and it comes in a compostable bag but it's important that you also go and check what does it mean that this is compostable doesn't mean I can throw it in my bin no does it say home composting then yeah but also maybe check okay so what is the how does this product degrade let's look it up uh, what is it going to happen in, in if I throw it in my bin I think that's always the key to to be informed So we've been talking now for some time about um, plastics, uh, bioplastics. What actually is plastic? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the science. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so I'll try not to go much into the details of chemistry because mm -hmm. 
uh, yeah, it's a bit abstract actually. Mm -hmm. So just to put it in a very general way, we have plastics, which is a general, very broad term to call materials that can be uh, either from a natural source, so produced naturally, like natural rubber, like silk. rubber plastic? Yes, natural rubber and synthetic rubber, because you can have both. Uh, that's a, a natural plastic. Um, but you can also have synthetic plastics, which are the ones we have almost everywhere nowadays. Um, so like plastic bags. Um, plastic bags. What else is there? <laughs> bottles. Yeah. Yeah, almost anything. Your clothes. <laughs> yeah, your clothes as well. P polyester. Polyester. Yeah. Okay. Well, not mine because yeah. I really check. Probably my pants have some, uh -huh. <laughs> but I, I I I now try to to check more yeah. those things. Um, but yeah, in general, the chairs. Uh, yeah. Well, basically, uh, most things here. Maybe. Yeah. So yeah, synthetic plastics are almost everywhere. Um, but if we want to talk a bit more about what do they all have in common, yeah. because it's a very broad term, plastics, um, then we can say that if we could look at them at the molecular, le molecular level, so if you could just zoom many, 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 many times and look at the molecules, plastics are very large molecules, they are very heavy, and they are made up of um, polymers. So then we have to say, what are polymers? So um, if you look up in a science book or so, you will see that the word polymer comes from poly, which means uh, many. So um, polymers, which make plastics, are uh, very, very large molecules, which are made of small molecules that are connected to each other and they repeat and repeat and repeat and they form repeating patterns of very long chains connected to each other. Uh, that's what makes them very big structures. Um, and if you could look at them in a very zoomed way, then um, they compare it to a plate of spaghetti, for instance, the way a plastic looks. So lots of chains connected to each other. And these chains are characterized because they have lots of carbon in them. Uh, and lots of hydrogen in there. Um, so when we talk about polymers, then uh, it's also we are talking about plastics. Um, so all plastics are polymers uh, in general. Um, and um, yeah, something that I think is very important. Uh, now we talk about plastics, but we also have bioplastics. Um, and it's really important to know that bioplastics are not, we, we always, I often see in the news, newspaper and TV or so, they just talked about bioplastics as uh, PLA, for instance. PLA is not a bioplastic. Um, bioplastic is different from bio-based. So the fact that, that a plastic um, is bio, we call it bioplastic, it means that it's strictly uh, naturally produced in nature. So a bioplastic we can only call um, silk for instance oh, um, the rubber you mentioned earlier yeah exactly okay that so are made yeah. only in nature uh, so so we are not involved in making them just nature makes them. exactly that's, that's bioplastic exactly that's ah. a bioplastic that's strictly that uh, now when you have bio-based plastics that you make like pla we cannot call it a bioplastic because 
we are involved in the production of this plastic. So it's a synthetic plastic actually, but we are making it from a bio-based source. Um, and you have more examples where uh, it comes from a renewable source indeed, but it, is, it doesn't make it a bioplastic. It makes it bio-based. So yeah. it's based from a, a, a renewable source. Mm. Um, so you have bioplastic made by nature and synthetic plastic yes. made by people. Yes, okay. correct. Yeah. And then uh, which uh, feedstocks are usually uh, used for making these synthetic plastics? Yeah, so um, sadly, but hopefully it will change, I think nowadays about 99% of the plastics we consume are made of fossil sources. Um, by fossil sources, we are talking about oil and gas. Um, in some countries, more some than the other. For instance, I know in the US, they use mostly natural gas to produce uh, as a feedstock for plastics. Um, in most other places, is oil. So uh, what they do with oil is uh, when they extract it, um, they refine it, well, they, they separate it in different fractions. And then one of those fractions are, are called naftas. And naftas are actually the let's say the main ingredient that they take they, uh, they do a different process with that uh, in order to also separate it and convert it into the different initial ingredients for plastics um, so that remaining one about one percent it's um, uh, let's say in there we have all these new alternative sources that are coming so then we're talking about um, starch sugars um, cellulose all these uh, natural sources that are being used to produce bio-based plastics so um, then it's it's nice to mention that when we mention that a plastic is bio-based we are strictly referring to the feedstock so just plastic a normal plastic then we can assume it's from fossil sources and if we say it's a bio-based plastic then we know that the feedstock is different from uh, fossil sources. Um, yeah, so we've talked about bio-based plastics, and you mentioned that um, they are made, for example, from sugar. I think you mentioned mm -hmm. corn. Um, what kind of um, uh, source uh, feedstock do you do research on for bio-based plastic? Mm. Yeah, so the research we do um, for this research, we actually use carbon dioxide as feedstock. Um, and carbon dioxide, it's actually uh, a renewable feedstock because, yeah, you can keep on producing it. It's not something that it's going to just, uh, th that uh, your supply after some years is going to finish. No, you can just keep on producing it. It's also a very cheap um, feedstock because it's kind of a waste product for from many processes. And, um, yeah, it's abundant because we produce carbon dioxide even when we breathe. It's basically with almost every human activity we, we develop. So 
we use CO2 because um, the project I'm working on, it's a um, project um, from the European Union, um, which is um, basically um, the European Union has this um, funding available and they give it to someone with a proposal that um, has um, a goal, a target that is going to benefit course society but uh, different interests that the, the government at the European Union has in terms of environment and so on um, so um, yeah this is a project that is with different partners from different countries uh, who do it with public funding from the European Union and uh, within this project um, some partners take care of capturing CO2 uh, with a technology that they uh, develop and utilizing it and um, in this part of the project, we actually have um, another partner in Amsterdam. So uh, maybe it's nice to mention that uh, the PhD I'm doing, it's actually um, a PhD which is uh, with the University of Amsterdam, but it's seconded by a company here in Amsterdam called Avantium. So this is a, a very important company working in the renewable chemistry field. Um, they are pioneering in uh, many technologies, very interesting ones. And one of those deals with um, converting CO2 that is captured from uh, one of the partners of the project. So they convert it um, into useful chemicals to make plastics. So basically what, what they do in Avantium is um, to receive this CO2 from the other partner who took care of capturing it. Um, they use a process which deals with uh, electrochemistry. So uh, it's different from, from the plastic part. Uh, they have a technology developed for that. And with this process, they're able to convert carbon dioxide into different products. And those different products are, uh, can be chemicals that you can further convert into other interesting chemicals for processes or that we can use as the initial ingredients to make plastics. Um, so there comes the second contribution of the University of Amsterdam plus um, Avantium, the company. Um, we take those initial products that come from CO2 and then we use them to make uh, polyesters, which are a type of plastic, synthetic plastic, made from a bio-based source or a renewable source mm -hmm. in this case. And this is not yet uh, on, the, on the market, plastics made from CO2? Mm. I know there is mm -hmm. a lot of research on it mm -hmm. um, because when you reduce, when you convert CO2 in these initial chemicals, you can obtain many different types of chemicals. And that also means that the type of polymers, of plastics you can make, are also quite different. Um, that is one way to use CO2 as feedstock. And I know that besides our group, um, more people in different uh, parts of the world are working on using CO2 as feedstock for plastics. Uh, now, I don't know, because it's quite a recent technology uh, to use te technologies of feedstock. I don't know if at the moment there's something commercially available, uh, but I know there's a lot of research on it. Just uh, the, the not necessarily uh, converting it in the same way, because this is a technology that has been uh, developed only uh, by Avantium. It's patented by them, but in just to use CO2 as feedstock and in a different way to produce plastics. And this uh, CO2 plastic, um, can this also be compostable or degradable? Yes. 
um, the plastics um, I'm studying, for example. Uh, so they come from CO2. The initial ingredients we use to make them are derived from this source. Um, when we produce the plastic, um, there is someone else in our group. So she's more in charge of the um, degradation part and the environmental part. And uh, we basically make our plastics and we give them to, to this person, to Yue is her name. Hi, Yue. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, her job is really nice because she actually takes all these samples and she studies what happens to them. Do they actually degrade? How long does it take? Does it happen because they are in water or because they are in soil? She has a really cool machine uh, called Respicont and there basically she plants plastic in soil and she tracks throughout time um, how much carbon dioxide it's produced with their degradation and uh, this way she can monitor how long plastics take to degrade, um, which ones degrade faster, uh, is it because of this temperature or all these factors she can control. Um, and we've seen that with most of the plastics we are making, this does happen, this degradation. Um, we know how long it takes now, under which conditions, because of course it's different and, uh, when you change temperature and the type of microorganisms we have. We know it happens. Um, now we also need to know what happens next. So um, because we use um, ingredients to make these plastics that are actually found naturally already in different fruits, in um, vegetables and so on, um, we don't believe that this is going to have a negative effect on soil when they degrade. Uh, but I think it's also important to actually check that. Mm -hmm. So uh, we, we go through all that process. Um, but this is a project we all started around the same time to develop these, these plastics. Um, I'm now in my third year. They started, uh, US started three months later or so, three or four months later. Um, and all these projects take four years. So we hope that at the end of these four years, we have way more information but definitely from when you have an idea in a laboratory, you start working on how to make it possible. You design some experiments, you start realizing that it's not really giving the results you expect. So you start changing different, um, different things. Um, then finally, after I cannot tell you how many experiments, because it really takes many experiments before you actually get a plastic that you say, Okay, this is actually something we could use, that you could see being converted into a, a film or a packaging or such. From there to actually being able to see it um, commercialized, it's years of lots of experiments, lots of money, time, uh, and just the court, lots of research on uh, yeah, how to make sure that you are actually bringing something that is better and not just something else that is going to pollute. And, uh, but what do you uh, hope or imagine this CO2 plastic um, might be used for? What kind of, uh, might it be used for packaging or uh, for clothing or chairs? No, yeah, so that's very important because actually we start from our ingredients and we make plastics with those ingredients that we know we have available and then we decide after studying their properties, we decide, okay, because it has these properties, it could be used for this application. 
in, an, in uh, industries they usually do it differently because they first target an application so they say okay we see there is a problem with packaging we want to do something about this problem we are going to try to make a plastic better always thinking of that mm -hmm. final goal which is the application yeah for us it occurs differently because we have these um, ingredients we need to use and we need to valorize those ingredients so to use them for a plastic that it's a good plastic that is going to be better so when we've done this and we've studied their properties we started seeing for instance that you cannot use a degradable plastic for just any application for instance uh, now i came here and it was raining and uh, imagine if i have my uh, <laughs> biodegradable <laughs> <laughs> sweater on or coat and it's pouring and we are in this season when it's raining every single day and i happen to have this plastic that has a degradation triggered by water by yeah. hydrolysis uh, of course, you won't be happy if after, I don't know, two months, you see that, what? My code is already <laughs> yeah. kind of fragmenting and such. This is certainly not an application for these plastics. Um, what happens to packaging? Um, these are mostly called single-use um, applications, single-use plastics. So you go to a supermarket, you buy the... Um, I don't know, something that comes in a plastic packaging that you are planning to use for dinner. So literally, the time you used this plastic is from the moment you paid for it, you went home, take out your product, mm -hmm. throw it into the bin. That's it. Sometimes it's just minutes, uh, what you, the, the, the lifetime of yeah. the plastic. Um, and for this type of plastics, you need certain properties. Um, but you also don't need a long, uh, let's say, use life. Um, so in those cases, we see that biodegradable plastics are useful because you can control where you store them. So you could control that they are stored under certain, let's say, temperature, humidity conditions. But you also don't need to worry because they have to last many years because these are applications where you actually want them to, you want to deal with this waste in a in a smart way, but also fast, because we consume so much of this uh, packaging. So that's one application. Um, I think we also look into agriculture because they also use quite some plastic and uh, they use it in different, different uh, stages of agriculture. And um, they also require these solutions where they need a lot of plastic for a certain period of time, and then they don't need it anymore. But these plastics are hard to recycle because they are contaminated with soil, they, they, they need to, to wash them a lot, or different reasons, or because it's just easier to leave them in soil. So this is another application. Uh, but it's really important to target applications where you are not expecting a very long um, uh, use life. Yeah. Otherwise, um, you certainly cannot control all these factors that uh, can potentially degrade your plastic. Yeah, so biodegradable plastics are especially uh, good for solving the plastic problem when it comes to the single-use plastics or the short lifetime plastics. Yes, correct, yeah. I, in my opinion. Yeah.
Yeah, and more generally, what is your view on the on the plastic problem? Do you have a yeah? Do you have an idea on how we could solve it apart from the biodegradable plastic? Uh, what would be the role of just bio-based plastics that are not uh, degradable, for example? Yeah, um, yeah. I certainly have an opinion, like all of us, because it's such a such a close topic to all of us. It's it's impossible not to have an idealistic view of how you would like things to be. Um, I, I, although I work with this type of plastics, I will always um, say to everyone who asks me, do you think they are they are the solution? They are certainly part of it because as I mentioned there are applications where they can really be a huge help but it does does not mean that we should make all plastics biodegradable this is really important because uh, we are all people doing research on plastics I think they are they have just understood that uh, plastics are needed in our lives that's that's it we just need them because we are so dependent on them Um, so if we are going to bring new materials, we have to bring better materials. Um, it does not mean that we want to bring more materials that degrade so people can keep on consuming them because they think, oh well, it's going to degrade anyways, let me just keep on buying it. That's really not the idea. So, so in my view, ideally we just really need to reduce the amount of plastic we buy. And even though we get to the point where we have this Uh, biodegradable options that work really well. This is this must be really strictly used for applications where it's needed, like uh, packaging. Yeah, okay, it's it. You need to eat and you need to storage your food in certain way. In many cases, plastic is just the only option available nowadays. So okay, but it's really about not letting ourselves uh, get carried away by oh this is an easy solution and then I can just keep on buying things. No, the, the, the mentality uh, should be more towards let's see how I can buy less things uh, made of plastic. And there are many ways we can do that. And um, by no means I try to live my life plastic free. <laughs> uh, I also like many things that are made of plastic and that I'm aware that there is no another choice. You just have to buy them. But there are also many, um, many Um, let's say areas of your life where you can actually make those decisions when you do groceries you can make those decisions um, by really sometimes not buying something just because of the way it's packed uh, by spending maybe a bit more time doing your groceries um, going somewhere else where you know you can get these things that you consume a lot but they sell them without plastic
so we started the podcast with um, yeah talking about the increase of plastic use t- due to the pandemic. Do you think um, the biodegradable plastic could also be a solution for this? So using degradable plastics in healthcare. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Yeah, um, it's definitely um, it has been. I don't want to say bothering, but. It, it does make me think many times when I'm walking uh, around the tram stops or the bus stops and I've seen so many mouth capias, mm-hmm. um, mouthpieces, yeah. uh, masks on the street. It really, you cannot help um, ignoring it. Are these also made from plastic? Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, so it is, uh, yeah, you just cannot ignore it. And in those cases, it's really, uh, like you said, you could think, would it make it better if you actually have something made of a degradable plastic in this case? Well, make it better in a way that um, maybe it would be easier to dispose. Yes, although this is considered um, like if it's considered like medical waste, then they always burn it. So, so that's one thing. But in the other hand, if I think I see so many of these just on the street, then it makes me think: Is it really better to make something? biodegradable for people just to throw it away and uh, think well it's gonna degrade anyways this is only would only be uh, contributing to a wrong s- mindset which is what we uh, we don't want we, we want to make better plastics but not for people to think that this is um, the, the let's say an excuse to consume more so seeing the way things are now I don't think that would have been a better option because um, I mean Honestly, I think everyone, my parents, my grandparents, they know that about plastic pollution because we have so much um, in media about it. So you have to know that when you are removing that and just throwing it, you are part of the problem. And if with all the information we have, we still do it, then uh, I don't think if we would have them made of a degradable material, it would be different. People would even do it more often probably because they think, well, it's going to be great anyways. And this is really not um, the solution. So wouldn't it be better for the nature that, well, it's still either bio-based and or biodegradable? Because now, yeah, it's still laying on the ground. Sometimes it's difficult to accept, but yeah, as I said, like sometimes people are lazy. It's hard to accept, but maybe we should also adapt to that yeah i don't know (laughs) but then yeah uh, for me it's really uh, i i just cannot um i cannot agree with that because then we are agreeing on converting uh, public spaces into landfilling Mm -hmm. uh, spaces basically because Mm -hmm. that that's what it would be and we are not talking about something that degrades in uh from today to tomorrow certainly so it would really just be a landfill uh, situation which is who wants to live surrounded by like medical waste? That's not uh, not something you want to think of, especially uh, with this virus. You might have the virus and you don't know it, and you're just throwing away this just there care, without caring that much. That's really concerning. Um, so yeah. Well, and uh, finally, we've well we've talked a lot about the plastic problem. I mean, yeah, it's definitely a problem that there's so much of it. Um, but at the same time, I thought well, plastic also helps us a lot. So, um, yeah, is there a specific 
thing that you really admire about plastic that you think, well, this is really great and helps us in this respect, this product? Wow, so many. I mean... You have one favorite. Yeah, <laughs> one favorite. Oof. <laughs> I mean, you just have to go through your life, like the greatest moments you've had in life. The, it, it sounds like a, like from a movie, like a cliche, but indeed, everywhere in all these moments, plastic was involved in the sports uh, you like to do. That when you were born, in the in a, where they received you, plastics were involved. Um, yeah, so it's hard to say. It's hard to not acknowledge how uh, great they mm -hmm. make our, uh, our lives in general. I think. Um, Something really, really important, um, a very important application I, I personally think for plastics is great. It's um, in um, for aircraft and um, yeah, I mean, if you go to, to a plane, you will see that most of these uh, pieces, like you need to make a plane very light, plastic is super light. Uh, But you also need to needed to have really good properties, uh, mechanical properties, resistance to corrosion, and so on. Plastics are like that, um, and at the same time, they are quite uh, affordable in, uh, compared to other materials. So for me, that's one application where I mean, come on, we wouldn't be able to go to places. Also in cars, lots of parts in plastic in cars are made of plastic, and this is the way it is because also you want to reduce the weight you have in your car so um, just so many applications where uh, yes yeah we have engineering just like we have this packaging plastic which is um, um, let's say single use and maybe is super cheap because we use so much of it produce so much of it and it's not meant to last too long we also have engineering plastics which are targeted for very specialized applications. So, yeah, I want to thank you for, uh, for the conversation and also ask you um, to, uh, which song you would like to end the podcast with. Uh, yeah, so the, the song is called Back to the Earth by Jason Mraz. And I thought it's, yeah, I, I really like Jason Mraz. I think it's very happy music. But I also think he, I like his lyrics. I think that he's very, he's mindful in the way he, he sings. And I think this is a happy song, but it, it's also to remind us that uh, we should not take everything for granted, what we have, um, our environment, and especially yeah, plastics. I mean, Yeah, we have it, but um, I think there are more important things we have to keep an eye on. Yes, well, <laughs> we're going to listen to it. Thanks a lot. Okay, thank you <laughs> for inviting me. <laughs> Dirt. 
I try to stop the world from moving so fast. Try to get a grip on where I'm at and simplify this dizzy life and put my feet in the grass. I'm going back to the earth. I'm going back to the earth. I'm going back to work. I'm going back to the earth. The only explanation for a high rise must be that to get high and move on up to a deluxe apartment in the sky well the higher we go the taller we grow we lose sight of the land below where you can have your place up in outer space cause my home is where my food is grown i'm going back to the earth i'm going back Going back to the earth. Ooh.